or with people he's calling out to, he manifests in a more powerful way. That is where we are today. Now, I'm sure that's where Mary is down at the hospital with Haley and the baby. She is in that same manifest presence because God is at work and his Holy Spirit manifests in a more powerful way when he is at work. And when he is at work through us, we sense it in a more powerful way. I just want to thank God for that. I am so grateful that he is here uh, and that I can sense his presence. Um, did the kids go? I'm sorry, did we get the kids released? All right. Um, I'm really blessed today to get to share about the prophetic. Um, prophecy and the prophetic and prophets can be very intimidating to talk about. Also very confusing sometimes. And there's several reasons for that. Sometimes it's because we misunderstand what prophecy is or what the prophetic is. Sometimes it's because we've had a bad experience with the misuse of prophecy or the prophetic. Um, some of us just don't know much about it. And I have to be honest, I have read books as they came out over the years. I've been, I think, purposefully serving God since 1993, 1991, something like that, somewhere around there, maybe earlier than that, um, really putting some effort into it. So I've, I've read the books that people recommended and so on and so forth, but I never really studied prophecy or the prophetic because that wasn't for me. That's too out there. You know, God wasn't going to use me for something like that. So I read a lot of books without absorbing about how it applied to me. Um, recently, I would say in the last 10 to 15 years, I've gotten a little more serious about it because I've realized that very often as I go to pray for someone, I have something to say to them that I don't know anything about, personally. But there's a word or two or three that God has for them that he wants them to hear. And so I actually started studying with a little more purpose not as well as I could have or should have, but I did. But what I'd like to do is try to dispel some misunderstanding. And for the sake of each one of us as individuals, and for the sake of our church family, and for the sake of our communities, and when I talk about our church family, I think everybody here probably knows that I'm referring not only to Christ Family Church, but I'm referring to the larger family of God. You know, there are times when we work together with other churches, other bodies, 
And, and actually for us as a family of God, that's more often than not, I think. We have a lot of interaction with other churches and other Christian groups. And, and so we have to be aware that whatever God is putting in us, it's for us and for the family. And it's supposed to come out of us and through the family to other people who may not yet be a part of the family. And so if we can dispel some misunderstanding and clarify some things, we'll function better in that charge that God has given us, which is to be part of every joint that supplies. Um, I want to talk for just a second about electricity. I don't understand electricity very well. Even so, I've had the pleasure of teaching seventh and eighth grade science. <laughs> Whoa. With the help of the textbooks and uh, prayer and a lot of study, I managed to teach how electricity functions. But I couldn't tell you anything today about Ohm's law, except that it exists and it explains how electricity works. Okay? But there is one thing I am sure of with electricity, and that is that it'll be there, that I can plug into it. I think we can all plug into electricity. We don't have to be very old to learn that, right? Now, setting aside the possibility that Ameren has a massive failure, that electricity is going to be there, right? We flip on the light switch, it's there. We plug in the computer, it's there. We turn on the furnace or the air conditioner, and it comes on, right? Another thing about electricity is that it brings us illumination. We can see. We can see more clearly. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we move forward here. Because you do not have to be a physicist or an electronic engineer or any of those things to use electricity to your benefit and to the benefit of your family, right? Okay, so let's just start plugging in, shall we? It's very much the same with the prophetic. God is always speaking, he doesn't quit. Now you might hit a time in your life where you Say to somebody, I'm just not hearing from God. Well, I've learned from the times that I felt like that, that the first thing I need to do when I want to say that is ask myself if I completed the last thing he asked me to do. Because lots of times, he won't give you another step or another challenge or another word or whatever it is you think you need from him until you finish the last one. You know, I mean, really, if he says, well, if you want a fuller 
prayer life or to develop your ability to hear me, you need to give me 10 minutes a day. He just wants 10 minutes a day maybe. Now, I'm not saying that's it. He might ask some of us for 10 hours a day. I don't know, okay? But it's very personal because it's a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he wants to talk to us. He knows how to talk to us. We're the ones that have to develop an ability to listen. I am humbled and reverent and awed that the almighty God wants to speak to me. I mean, seriously. He is high and lifted up. He is the supreme, sovereign creator. And he wants to talk to me. And he wants to talk to you about everything. Maybe not your makeup. On the other hand, maybe so. Depends on your makeup. But I want to be clear that no matter how awe-inspiring or, I mean, sometimes, honestly, we see Joy Riker just lay down in the floor. If it wasn't so hard for me to get back up, I'd be down there with her a lot of times. Because sometimes I just can't stand in his presence. Because he is so magnificent. But he does not make things difficult for us. He makes them easy. And hearing his voice is easy. It really is. And I'm guessing that most of us here do that on at least a somewhat regular basis. Sometimes we don't know it. Sometimes we don't recognize it as the voice of God. But if you stop and think, how is it possible that I could hear the voice of God who, I mean, really, how is that possible? If it's totally out of your realm of consideration, all I would ask is that you accept the fact that most of us here believe that the Spirit of God is here and wants to talk to you about it today. Ephesians 4.1 says, and this is Paul speaking, Therefore I, prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. He's talking to the disciples. He's not talking about himself as an apostle. He's talking about believers. Okay? Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility, gentleness, patience, showing tolerance of one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. But to each one, each one of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now I'm going to skip ahead to 10, no, to 11. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. Let's stop there. Once again, I can't explain how he does it, but I can tell you why. He wants to talk to us as individuals, and he wants us to share with others in order for us to be built up and encouraged and strengthened and grow to maturity just like Christ, with whom we are co-heirs. Now, that's some serious spiritual maturity, if you ask me. It's kind of scary. But that's what God wants for us. That's why Christ gave these gifts to the church when he ascended. I didn't write the scripture down. Or the citation I don't know if the guys figured it out. But the next scripture is being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. According to the proper working of each individual part, this causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. We're supposed to hear from him so that we can grow and so that Vicky can help me grow. So that Julie can look at me and say, have you been praying? And I say, oh, I've been so busy. <sighs> but I should. Well, yeah, I know you know that. I just thought I'd check. You know, she doesn't have a list. Well, the pastor's wife should be praying. I'm going to ask her if she has been. Okay? But God might say something to her and say, you know, Chelsea's looking tired and stressed out. Why do you think that might be, Julie? Well, I know I get tired and stressed out if I'm not spending enough time with you and praying. Julie, do you think you ought to ask Chelsea about that? It's not difficult. If you're aware that God does want to talk to you about these things. And he doesn't want, he's not going to come to you and give you a laundry list of what your friends are doing wrong or not doing. That is not what I'm saying. But he might come and give you a laundry list of how to encourage people around you. He might come and give you a laundry list of things to encourage you and help you in your growth. So I need to be on my game so that Julie doesn't miss out. And Polly needs to be on her game 
so that Melissa doesn't miss out. Because what happens if I put a tourniquet on my arm? My hand ultimately probably will fall off, right? Because my hand is not getting what it needs from the rest of the body. You know, in the 80s and 90s, it was common to hear people say, oh, that church is just dead. Why would you go to that church? I mean, maybe you weren't around people like that, but I was. Forgive me. I probably said it myself. It may be that those churches were dead. I think probably not. I think that was probably a pretty harsh, judgmental attitude. And I probably should repent for it right now because I probably did say it. But the fact is, if the church isn't functioning as it should, it's not the pastor's fault. It's not the worship team's fault. It's the fact that the body is not functioning. Now, yes, you have to receive proper healthy teaching. But as believers, we have a responsibility. Each one of us. And prophecy, or the ability to receive from God and use what you hear or share what you hear is a big part of our function. Prophecy and hearing the now speaking word of God is our New Testament manna. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In Old Testament times, the Spirit of God would come on people and then go away. But he dwells within us today. We have 220 or 110 current running in us, unlimited. All we have to do is plug in. And it will not only change our personal lives, but the lives of people around us. People we know, people we don't know. I remember one time when I was first trying to function more in hearing from God and, and, and knowing what he was saying to me. And I realized that lots of times <laughs> it had to be God because I'm just not that smart. Or I'm just not that eloquent. So I challenge you, if you think this is an area that really doesn't work for you or isn't for you, or for the church today, some people say that. But we can talk about why that isn't the case and why I believe that it is for the church today, but that's another message. But I challenge you, if you have ever asked God to help you or prayed for the right words to say to somebody, 
Look back and see if he didn't do it. See if he didn't give you just what you needed at that moment. It's kind of like the tithe, prove him. He'll come through, I guarantee it. It's always there. His voice is always ready to speak to us. Somehow I've jumped. I'm going to take a minute here. Okay, words for the church, Proverbs 29, 18. This is um, the expanded Bible. I like the expanded Bible sometimes because they look at all of the most common meanings of a word from the time and the language and the place in which that word was used. And so sometimes you get a better picture of what a word means. Proverbs 29:18 says, "Where there is no word from God, vision or prophecy, people are uncontrolled or they perish. But those who obey what they have been taught, guard the law in the old language. They're happy or blessed." This is Old Testament language, so the Jewish people considered happiness and being blessed as one thing. If you're blessed, how can you not be happy? And if you're happy, it must be because you were blessed. So without the now speaking word of God, people are uncontrolled, people perish, people are not happy. And I think if we look in the world around us, we see that lots of lives are out of control. Lots of people are unhappy. And as the church, we have the privilege of reaching out to those hurting, disappointed, unhappy, out of control people and giving them something that brings hope. Just a little word. You know, um, just a short commercial message here. On October 14th, we had Jeremy Pingle here. He is the senior pastor, lead pastor at Life Church. And he talked to us about prophets. And he gave us a little distinction, or actually a good distinction, between the office of the prophet and the prophetic and a gift of prophecy, which is what God gives each one of us because he wants to talk to us. And <clears throat> Jeremy talked a lot about how the office of the prophet and the fivefold should function together in the church. And it was a wonderful message. And I would encourage you to go get that and listen to it if you weren't here or you didn't get to see it up to now. It is available on the Christ Family Church public Facebook page, and I think it'll be on our website before too long. Um, and Podbean, and I don't know, maybe other places. If you need a CD or a tape, just holla. The Meteor team will take care of you. But I highly recommend that you listen to Jeremy's message. Um, 
one of the things um, about reaching out to the people around us, to the community around us, maybe people who are Christian, maybe people who aren't. But one of the things that kind of intimidates us a little bit is that, yeah, what if God wants me to say something in public? In public. You know, there's an old joke, I, I have the right, but I do not have the ability. Uh, sometimes you just have to step out uh, because God will give you the ability. Uh, I, I seem to be really fortunate to uh, have my eye drawn to people in gas stations. Now, I, I say that, and then I think about how much Glenn and I travel, and I think, well, where am I all the time? Gas stations, convenience stores. But I remember one time I saw a man in Haymakers down in Macon. And I thought, whoa, he looks sick. And I was in healthcare for 37 years, so sometimes it's a, a real fleshly physical assessment when I think that about somebody. But the more I thought about it, and the more I looked at this fellow, I felt like he was heavy laden. Not, not just physically unwell, but that there was something wrong. And so I said, okay, God, what do I do? Hey, haymakers is a busy place. And he was at the counter paying, right in line to pay. And I, I really kind of hoped I could just move on and God would say, yeah, yeah, you were just seeing the natural. He's got an appointment with his doctor or something, you know. But that didn't happen. I'd said, ask him if he's feeling okay. Like, so... Here's this guy, obviously been working, got his car hearts and his coveralls and, you know, buying his lunch. So I kind of tap him on the shoulder and he turns around. I said, can I ask you a nosy question? And he says, sure. I said, are you feeling okay? <laughs> he said, no, ma'am. I said, could I pray for you? And he said, Man, I need prayer in the worst way. My life is such a mess. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, okay, let's pray. I put my hand on my shoulder and I prayed for him. Nobody bothered us. Nobody laughed. Nobody said a word. But I felt like we got some kingdom business done right there in Haymakers. I don't know what happened to him. I've never seen him since, but I try to pray for him whenever I think of him. I pray that whatever the mess was, whatever his issues were, that he realized that God saw him. Yeah, I don't know if he was a Christian or not. Doesn't really matter. He knows that God saw him. And often that's all we need to know. Because we can feel pretty desperate and pretty alone. Especially if you've not had an experience with God. Think, think about if he had never heard from or known anything about God. But somebody comes up and says, I feel like God wants me to pray for you. Whoa. You know, somebody who's desperate and at their wit's end, that 
that could make a difference. Now, I'm not trying to add extra significance to that encounter. I don't have any idea, you know, what his situation was. But I do know that I did my part. And I felt really good about it. I felt very relieved, because sometimes when you don't do your part, you walk around heavy laden later. And it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to miss it. You know? What, what harm was done by praying for him? None. None whatsoever. And if there were people in haymakers that thought I was a nutcase, they just steered away from me. I don't know about it, and that's okay. But, you know, I'm also pretty much okay with people thinking I'm a nutcase because I kind of am. Before I got saved, I was definitely a nutcase, and I didn't let it bother me then. So, what's the difference now? I was talking to a friend about how our parents suffered when we were in high school. And he actually carries a real grief about that, <coughs> about how he made his parents suffer, because he came from a solid Christian family. My family was a C&E Christian family. Went to church on Christmas and Easter and... You know, we believed in God and we said all the right things, but I don't know that my parents really had a deep experience with God. So for me, I had never considered being grieved about what I did to my parents. But I probably should have been. And, and I have done business with the Holy Spirit about that. I've talked to my father about that since I heard my friend express that. But when we do our part and we speak to people like that, we don't have to walk around grieved and heavy laden because we didn't. And they don't have to walk around grieved and heavy laden because they didn't hear from God. We've done our part. We've contributed to the health of the body. And like I say, maybe that guy in Haymakers wasn't a Christian. It really doesn't matter. For whatever reason, God saw him. Maybe the Holy Spirit's drawing him. Maybe that's one of the ways that made him say, okay, there must be a God. I don't know. But that's such a joy to know that you've done your part. And we, we've had situations, I saw a situation right here in the church that I really felt like God was telling me that he wanted to say something to somebody. And he pointed the person out to me, and, and, and we were still in worship. And I said, okay, what is it, Lord? Sometimes I get it right away, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I get it wrong, and sometimes I get it right. But I didn't get anything. And I thought, okay, I'm just not listening well enough. Because really... God knows how to speak to us. There's no doubt about that. It's not his problem. So I started pacing and saying, God, you know, I'm not getting it. Uh, forgive me. Give it to somebody else if I can't get it. Seriously. Let them take care of it because I know you want to speak to this person. And I know more than finish that thought. I kid you not, and somebody stepped up and talked to that person. 
during worship, quietly, prayerfully. And I was just like, yes, thank you, God. And I went back to my seat. But I didn't have any rest. And I thought, so you still have something for me to say to them. Yeah, so I'm still agitated, still trying to listen. I get nothing. I get nothing. Before you know it, two or three more people have spoken to that person. And then before you know it, the pastor's speaking to that person. Now, this person hasn't been called out by name by the pastor. It's just, I think there's somebody here who, blah, blah, blah. And pretty soon, God says, now. And I go, oh, now what? And he says, ask the pastor if he thinks that we should have them come up for prayer. Okay, why didn't I just go say it? Because sometimes we've got to use our ground fault interrupter. You know what that is? Guys know what that is, a GFI? It keeps you from getting shocked when you plug something in. It keeps you from getting shorted out if you plug in uh, an appliance that's not compatible with Ameren's current running into your plug. That's what the five-fold ministry can help us do. Block a short. Block a shock. You know, here I had been thinking that God had a word for this person, but I didn't get it, and 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 I watched all these other people get it, and then I think, okay, now it's time. I was pretty sure I could be wrong, because <laughs> I'd already been wrong a few times. So I asked the pastor. Now, if the pastor had said, yep, do it, I'd have done it. But what the pastor said was, put the mic up, and he asked, if this is you, come up and let Father minister to you, here and now. And you know what? It wasn't just one person. So we see in part. But if we'll just act, you know, if we get it wrong, people will forgive us. And if, if we give a word and the pastor or someone else with a prophetic calling says, Ugh, I don't think that's quite right. You know, the Bible says we're supposed to judge these things. <coughs> the first thing you do is you look at the word of God. Because the now speaking word of God for today is not ever going to contradict the written word of God. He may bring a new illustration. He may bring a new way. But it's always going to point back to his purposes and his standards and his righteousness. So sometimes we need help. We need the fivefold, and we need other people with gifts. Now, 
Fortunately, we have a church full of people with gifts. I would have absolutely no hesitation with going over and saying, Anna, come here a minute. I think God is saying this to me about Elsa. What do you think? Because I know Anna hears from God. I know Anna has a relationship with God. I know Anna loves Elsa. It doesn't have to do with position or age. It has to do with calling and practice. And he has called us all. What we need to do is practice. And we need to study to show ourselves approved. Jeremy, when he talked to us on October 14th, also mentioned that the church should be a safe place to practice. And he's right, it should be. This is where we practice our game so that when we go out on the field during the week, we're practiced up and ready to go and we know the plays. And God may give us a new play out there, but we know how to hear from him because we've practiced and we've learned what his voice sounds like. And we've learned also that sometimes there may be a corrective word. I think Jeremy said some words might hurt people's feelings or hurt my feelings, um, but it's still the right word. Prophecy is for edification, building up, encouragement, go team, and what else? I left it out. Edification, encouragement, what? Comfort. comfort, thank you, comfort. Edification, encouragement, and comfort. So, where does correction come in? Well, if, if you've got something that you've built wrong in your foundation, you might need to tear those boards out so that you could put in the right construction. If your light is wired wrong, you've got the electricity, you've got the bulb, but you need to fix that wiring. So the purpose is to build a good foundation and to get that illumination. That's the end purpose of correction. And that's why we need it and why we need to not get our feelings hurt. Because at the end, there is always encouragement and comfort. God says, Chels, you know what? You should have been grieved about the things you put your parents through. You know, and he spoke that to me through a man, I don't know what his relationship is with God. But I know God used him. And he said, you should be grieved about that. You put your parents through H-E double hockey sticks. Now both my parents are dead. But do I need to repent? 
I needed to repent. And I can move on from that, and that has created a healing in me. I'm not sure what's been torn out by that. Maybe a sense of, well, that's the way it is when you're a parent, you know, and oh, gee, my kid paid me back in spades for what I did to my parents, so it's all good. None of that's right, okay? (laughs) None of that is righteous. And it's a whole lot more important to be righteous than it is to be right. And honestly, I'd much rather repent and apologize for something I didn't do than try to stand around and say, well, I didn't do it, that was somebody else. Because I don't think that Father extends his grace for arrogance and pride. I think he extends his grace to the humble. And I need to learn to be more humble. I stole a quote from Jeremy Pingle, but I'm not sure he said it when he spoke here. Uh, his, the recording when he was here on the 14th is in two parts. So if you've heard this before, wonderful. Maybe it'll stick in your memory. If you haven't heard it before, I hope it does stick in your memory. The prophetic, as it's revealed to us in the Bible, this is a study that he's done. The prophetic should be from the family, each one of us, to the family, each one of us, within the family, so that we can get help, amplification, revelation, control, accountability. And then it should work through us to the people we come in contact with. So you don't go out on the soccer field all by yourself and practice soccer. Right? You practice with your team so that when you go out on the field, you know what you're doing. That's how we need to be about all of the gifts that God gave. We need to be patient with one another, and we need to feel free to practice on one another with one another so that we get better and better at it. Because honestly, we all should be doing this. Every single one of us. Brenda, quiet people are not exempt. (laughs) Brenda is a prophetic prayer, and I know I can pick on her because she knows I love her. She might not be given, thus saith the Lord, words in church, but I know she hears from God, and I know she shares what she hears. But it's true. It has nothing to do with your personality. It has to do with his grace and his heart to nourish his body and bring us to the fullness of the stature of Christ. That's how we mature. 
And theoretically, as we mature, we don't get our feelings hurt as much. When somebody says, you know, Chelsea, that catty attitude really is not appropriate for an elderette in this church. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm quoting. This is reality. Had somebody come to my house and tell me that. Someone I love deeply. Someone to whom I am immensely grateful. Because she was willing. She knew I could have exploded and said, how dare you? But she was so right. Come on. You know, when Father sends us a message of correction through someone else who loves us, you got to accept it. You got to love it. And we should love correction that comes from Father. Because nobody loves us more. And in most cases, he does send it to us through someone who loves us. I, uh, I remember a time when I was working full-time as a missionary, and they brought me home from Mexico one time. Uh, there was a lot of turmoil and, yeah, turmoil going on in the country where I was in southern Mexico. And they brought me home uh, just for safety's sake. And I really didn't want to come home, but I, I obeyed. And there was a man who was operating at the time in the office of a prophet. Now, I, I don't know where that's all at now, but he was recognized as a prophet to our church. And he called me up and he gave me a word. And he said, uh, he said, Thompson, it's going to take a mighty strong man of God to be your spiritual leader. I was single at the time. Did I say that? Well, that wasn't all he said, but that was this, the most memorable part. And everybody remembers that part. And everybody got a big laugh. And it didn't bother me because I knew that I was a confident person and that I had been able to function and survive in really difficult situations by the grace of God. So I, I didn't think too much of that. But later, you know, maybe later that day even, I don't know, I got to thinking. And with time, I realized that what he was saying in the gentlest way possible was, Thompson, you are hard-headed and hard to get along with. <laughs> and it's going to take a mighty man of God to put up with you. Oh, ouch. But I knew it was true. And I took consolation in the fact that God had said, it's going to take a mighty man of God. That gave me hope that there was one out there who could handle it. 
but I knew I had work to do. So those words of correction, you know, it, if we expect the best from God, which is all he has for us, even when it's correction, then we're not going to get our feelings hurt. You know, do we want to check a word with somebody? Okay, there's not a thing wrong with that. Get counsel if you doubt something that you're hearing. But for me, <laughs> I pretty much knew that I was hard-headed and hard to get along with. So I didn't really need to check that with anyone. A funny thing is, several years later, somebody said, boy, I remember when that prophet said that, I, was, I felt so bad for you. I said, why? Well, you know, she heard because you're hard-headed and hard to get along with when he said <laughs> it's going to take a mighty man of God to be your spiritual head. She heard the truth because she knew me. And I said, you know what, it, it, it didn't bother me at all because he managed to say it in a way that he knew I could accept and could receive. So when God tells us something about our neighbor or a stranger, think about how you're going to act on that. And let's be patient and loving and forbearing and all of those things to preserve the unity. You, know, you don't want to change a word God has given you for someone, but you want to think about how it will be best received. I worked on myself a little bit, not as much as I needed to. Glenn's a very patient man, but I'm sure I was easier to live with by the time I met him than I was when I got that word from that prophet. So that's just one example of how the body supplies, every joint supplies the body. And we need to ask God to help us mature in that. How am I doing on time, y'all? <laughs> okay. So, am I a fully functioning part of this body or am I just a consumer? Do I come here to get my needs met, hear a good word, listen to some good music, and head out till next week? Or do I want all that God has for me? Am I serious about going after God? Am I willing to be used? Am I willing to receive from others? Am I willing? to consider what I need to let go of or what I need to pick up. You know, there's all kinds of distractions in these days. And the TV isn't evil. Cell phones aren't evil. But 
what we do with our time could become sinful if we're wasting it. Let's give God permission to help us mature today while it is still called today. While we have this opportunity. If you have a sense that God has more for you and that you want his help to develop in whatever it is he has for you, whether it's prophecy, word of knowledge, however you want to address it, or however you recognize it. But if you have a sense that God is calling you to a greater level of maturity, let's take a moment and give him permission and ask him to do that in us. Father, I ask you, in the words of Hebrews 12, help us, Father, to remove from our lives anything that would hinder us or hold us back. Let us look only to you. Father, we give you permission. We give you permission to show us who we are to you. We give you permission to help us hear your voice more clearly when you speak to us. Father, teach us to function in all of the ways that you have designed that we might grow into maturity in the fullness of Christ. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your people. I thank you for their willingness. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to grow in you.